I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and today I have an awesome guest for you. And I know what you guys are going to say, Amy Lee, you say that to us every week, but I really love this gal's energy. And I know that the moment she opens her mouth, you guys are going to feel the exact same way because I have Dana Marie Jafar here. She is an elite life and business coach. Um, she's coming to us from Sydney, Australia. I love her to pieces. I drink her content on Instagram all day long. She's got this incredible presence and just timeless energy. And you guys are going to love her too. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. Welcome, Dana. So good to have you. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful, Amy Lee. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, I know we're going to have the most extraordinary conversation. We always do. <laughs> Thank you so much for being I'm here. For it. So, you know what I'm going to ask, right? I always ask the same first question. And it is, you know, people don't come out of university or school and say, I want to be an elite life coach. Like, how did you find your way to this as your vocation? Oh my gosh. It's a, so when I was little, since I was little, I should say, I've always known that I wasn't made to work for someone and I've had experiences of doing it and they've been beautiful. But in my heart, I always knew I wasn't made to work for anyone. And um, it was at university when I was selected to be kind of like a student consultant to a bunch of refugees that were coming from the Middle East and from Africa, uh, searching for political asylum in Australia. And we, our role was to help them rebuild. They were really skilled refugees. And so to rebuild their businesses within the Australian market. And that was really the first insight I had to, in that time, like consulting work and problem solving and looking at like someone's innate power and what they could contribute to a certain thing and what they wanted to do. And so that was like the initial building block of like, whoa, this is, a, it was a whole new world to me. I didn't know that that was a thing. And so that was like the first little insight to problem solving around that way. And then at the same time, I came across my first, like the, my first ever experience with a coach. And I don't remember how it happened, but there was like this seminar coach thing being run. And so I decided to go one day and I thought it was so great. Like he was this person talking about life in a way that I hadn't really ever heard before, but I was so intrigued by. And I remember my thought was, if he can do that, I can do that. Like that was the, the feeling. And things just started to happen. Um, and I got introduced to certain people. And suddenly this, this thing that I didn't even know was a whole industry became really apparent. 
I can't even I can't even tell you how I had the confidence at the time to say that I was a coach. I was so young. I had just come out of uni, but I started working with people and one person led to another and then to another and then to another. And I had some extraordinary life altering experiences through through travel and some expeditions I did. And um, and then it just all led me here. I worked with men for a long time when I started my practice initially. Now I work with both men and women. And that was also a whole journey for me. But it's that's how it started, to be honest. Just one thing led to the other, led to the other. And it started with understanding that there's different ways to problem solve. And I realized that people don't have business problems that affect their personal life. People have personal problems that affect their business life and their businesses and everything else that they do. So that's how it started for me, that, an immense curiosity. I think that's so powerful the way that you said that people don't have business problems that affect their personal life. They have personal problems that affect their business life. And it's, it's really so true, right? Because people, people in their peopleness is really what kind of creates a lot of the challenges that they have. Like I I believe, and you can tell me if you're, if you feel like I'm wrong, I think that if you had a person in solitary in their own space, that they still would create their own problems, right? Because it's our own psyche that we're like fighting Mm. with our own desire, deep desire for otherness that is kind of creating that dissonance with us and our environment. And what we don't realize is that that dissonance that's going on inside of us is what we're reflecting onto our environment. So if we have problems with people at work, it's because we have some kind of dissonance inside of ourselves that we're then reflecting into the atmosphere, into, you know, the, the quantum field, which is then being reflected back to us as a relationship with something outside. But in and of itself, what it really is, is inside of us. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's definitely inside of us. You know, one of the things I work with people so much, I'm sure you do this too as well in, in your own way, is having people see who they really are. And what I mean by that is every single person on earth, if we saw ourselves the way other people saw ourselves, we wouldn't have all the issues that we think we have and the problems and the the roadblocks and the, the hurdles. It just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. We're always seeing the best in others and very few people see that within themselves. And I think that's when everything changes, when you can start to see that in yourself. And I say that as though it's easy. It's not. I still struggle with that constantly. <laughs> but for sure, it's all internal. It's so true, right? It's like, it's it really like the biggest thing that we're struggling with is, is ourself. And I think that, yeah. like you said, in the work that we both do, I think that something that we share that I think a lot of people have in common, but I think is very much in the forefront of both of our work and kind of is what connects us so deeply is that we're both all about self-sovereignty and we're about empowerment and recognizing the divinity inside of you so that you can't be subjugated by something outside of yourself, right? Like there's this idea of, I need as many people in the world to recognize that they don't need anyone else to complete them, to Mm. advocate for them, to give them what they need. They already have it inside of themselves. And it's only when they give that power to something that is pretending to support them or pretending to save them or pretending to advocate for them that's when, yes, I see you, source. Thank you. That is when they're truly giving up their sovereignty. It's not all, it's, it's not that they already did. It's that the act of recognizing that they are 
or, or someone pointing out that they did is actually them accepting to now do that. Does that make sense? What I just said? Yeah. 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 It does. I think, yeah, there's something very beautiful about being seen and being acknowledged and being recognized in everything that you are and hearing that like those have been some of the most potent experiences I've had with my own coaches is the mirroring back of like Dana this is who you are let's come back to that and just hearing that I feel like for the nervous system is so calming and it's so like oh okay I'm I'm home here and there's something really really special about that and I think what's even more and this is the thing I I really, with all my heart, believe that we all have everything that we need already, that we don't actually need anything outside of us to be able to access that. And at the same time, there's something so beautiful about when we're in our deep humanness of forgetfulness and not recognizing and our entire past and experiences and everything that have ha- that has happened that sometimes gets in the way of us being able to fully see ourselves. Like when there's people in our team that are on our team, even when we're not, like that's really, really beautiful. And I think that's the work we do and that's the power of the work we do. It's like with my clients, I'm on their team even when they're not. And I don't talk to when they're in the space of problem and challenge, I speak to, well, what do we get to create from here? Suddenly like speaking to something greater, speaking to what they already have within them and recognizing that and speaking that to them, I think is really it's really beautiful and potent work. It really is. And for the people that get it, they get it. And with my whole heart, I hope that everyone finds a person on this earth that helps them see that within themselves because it's it's so beautiful. It really is. It, it truly is. I couldn't agree more. And I think that the more people that are made aware of this beauty, of this wholeness, of this enoughness, I think that it will kind of start to protect them from some of the messaging and some of the things out there that really are just created to disempower people. Like I feel like mm-hmm. everywhere you turn, it's like, you know, this, this group is oppressing you or you're, you're being made to feel this way. And it's like, when did you get to decide that an entire group of people feel a certain way? I, I would argue that they're the ones who get to decide how they feel. And it's in you telling them how oppressed they are that you're inadvertently trying to to subjugate that sovereignty. And so for me, um, you know, my goal at least is, is to get myself into those nooks and crannies where people are being told that they're less than, but it's okay because we're going to give you a leg up. You know, like I, I hear this and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one who hears it that way, but it's like, you're not enough, but don't worry. We're going to give you this extra so you can be Yeah. And, and that's, Ooh, that's so problematic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have an interesting take on this. I feel like, and, and some people are going to severely disagree with this, right? But it's like, can you, can you talk about being oppressed without oppressing yourself? Right? Like, and that's that's the kind of philosophy and the thought space I really like to hang out in because then I can see all sides and you and you start to think more politically correctly and there's all of these voices and then you start but at the end of the day Emily like what you said you choose you choose it's on you what story do you choose to put on and wake up with every single day that creates who you are and creates your experience of life you choose 
Yeah. So, and you know, it kind of brings fun. up an interesting segue to what you're saying, because I'm loving this conversation and this is where we're going folks. So buckle up. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this idea. I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, the courage to be disliked, but in this book, I haven't. It, oh, it's so good. But in this book, they talk about what's called Adlerian psychology, this guy Adler and his idea. And again, this is going to be very controversial. Okay. So as I'm saying this, if you don't agree with this, you don't have to, I am at this point, I'm just sharing what the book says. So please don't write me a million emails and bad reviews. Like Amy Lee said that this doesn't exist, but this is what the book says. So in Adlerian psychology, what he's basically saying is that Trauma does not exist. What he's saying is that we recreate trauma in our everyday to be, to, to protect ourselves from something that we've done to keep ourselves small. So what mm. he's saying is that if you believe that you're recreating yourself in every moment, now I will say commercial break for a second. I do believe that we're recreating ourselves in every moment. I believe we're like a flame and every day we go to sleep and we die and we wake up the next morning and we're born anew. And we're an entirely different creature that may or may not have access to all the memories of yesterday, right? Like maybe some of them, but maybe some of them are, are superimposed. I mean, you really don't know, Dana, like you can't prove to me that anything that happened before we were here right now is true. There's nothing you can do to show me that. You can say, well, here's pictures. Well, how do we know that those pictures weren't AI? Or how do we, like, you can't prove your existence up to a point. And so what that tells us is that every moment is fresh and new. But this guy Adler is basically saying that if you are a person who's a recluse and you have trauma because of something that happened and so you don't want to go outside because of the trauma, what he's saying is that you're actually perpetuating that trauma and continuing to adopt that trauma response in your body on a day-to-day -day basis so that you can continue not to deal with the fact that you don't want to go outside and you don't want to be around people for whatever mm. reason, because of something that happened, maybe, but you're still making that choice on a daily basis. So why do I bring this up? Well, bringing it back to this idea of oppression, you made a brilliant point, and I've never heard it said that way. Can you recognize that you've been oppressed and that you're not oppressed? Can you recognize this happened it was awful. It affected my life in a negative way. And in this moment, I'm choosing not to make that decision again. I'm choosing not to buy into the oppression. I'm choosing not to allow myself to be subjugated in this way. And I think that they kind of go hand in hand. Like, I would love to hear what are your thoughts on this idea? And I know this is probably deeper than we've ever gotten into on a podcast. I love, I'm all for this. I think if you and, if you and I were going to have a conversation, it was going to be this kind of conversation. So I'm so <laughs> down for it. Um, so, so what do you feel like, you know, in terms of like a person who's here right now in this moment, do they have the ability to completely and utterly reinvent, recalibrate, you know, um, um, change it, like we're in eclipse energy, right? So change themselves or are they still subject to, are they still part and partial, uh, part, part and parcel of the person that they were before? What are your thoughts mm. on that? So one of the things, one of the things that I bring into a lot in my work is that both things can be true. Like, I, I really think both things can be true. And what I would also say is 
the reason why we have certain things like social anxiety could have come, for instance, you were little and you're in the classroom and you pee yourself when you're four years old and everyone in the classroom is now looking at you pointing and laughing. In that moment, your brain creates something, a protection mechanism that says, we are not ever going to be in front of a group of people again in which we're going to be laughed at and ridiculed. Because right deep, 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 deep down, whilst we can be living in a very advanced society to some degree, we still have a very reptilian way of thinking. And back in the day, if you were excluded from your group and from your tribe, it would equal death. Like everyone's heard that and, and, and there's something to be said about that. And so if, you, if you're not constantly doing the work and you're not constantly activating yourself into recognizing that you do create yourself in every single moment, then you're going to default back to that way of thinking and that way of living where that part of you, the reptilian way, the, the more anxious way is leading because you never in your mind, like right deep, 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 deep down, you never, ever, ever, ever want to experience what you experienced that day when you were four years old and you peed yourself in front of the class. And so both things are true. There are a lot of people that are living like that every single day. Unfortunately, they don't have the capacity to be able to access the things that they that that could really help them or they have no idea how to go about it or they really, people are living in loops. Like it would be so utopian of us to say that everyone is is on the exact same stage of life and and with the exact same opportunity and with the exact same access to the to the help and to the work and so I can't speak for everyone but what I can say if you're listening and tuning into these types of conversations you have a level of awareness that allows you to access something greater and that's what we can really focus on and that's what we can really speak to so if you're here then you can know and you can recognize and you can teach yourself and educate yourself that every single day I'm waking up as Dana and I'm putting on the coat of Dana, everything that I have ever been told that I am, everything that I have ever been told that I'm not, all the experiences that have made me me, my childhood, the programming, the conditioning, the, the, the everything. And if I'm living my life, well, well, this happened to me when I was X years old, then this is who I am today. I'm only ever getting in my own way. Like th there's this thing, and I speak about this a lot. We have now awareness. Like what we're speaking to right now is like the awareness piece of what has created us and what makes us us. But awareness is an action. So awareness isn't enough to change your life. And that's where a lot of people stay stuck, right? They, they read all these books, they engage in podcasts, they get their coaches, and they're getting awareness and more intellectual understanding of why and how and, and their ability. But very few people are actually actioning it in such a way that it can make a difference. And how do you make a difference? Tomorrow when I wake up, it's like, okay, I recognize my memory and my brain and, and there's something within my nervous system that has me consistently remember things that have happened and has me be in the world from that place. And I also recognize my sovereignty and my capacity to recreate who I am right now. So there's also that. So that's why I say like both things can be true. And um, yeah, th that's what I would say to that. Like it, it, again, it's your choice. I'm all like, it's your choice. You get to decide. Do you, both things are painful. Choose your pain, you know, cho choose the experience of, of discomfort. Oh my gosh. So good. And I love what you said. Awareness isn't action. Like talk about a like mic drop, please make an Instagram carousel about that because everybody needs to see that. So <laughs> what would you say would be your best piece of advice for someone who feels deeply aware, who knows exactly what they're struggling with and exactly what they need to do? What would you say would be the cornerstone to help them to step into action? The first thing is I'd get 
really clear with myself with all the things like all the thoughts that I have about why and why not something will work why and why not I'm capable or worthy or whatever the thing is like we all have that I'd get really clear on what those thoughts are for me that are limiting me and then once I've done that work I'd get really clear on the fact that it's all bullshit all of it it's all created because when you when you're able to land this is so funny but some of the most powerful conversations I've had with my clients is when they have been like pouring their heart and soul out of something and then I'm there and I'm holding the space and I'm listening and then at the end of that it's like amazing and that's all bullshit everything you just said is made up too as real as it is it's made up and suddenly you know what (laughs) but do you know what happens it's like oh like you 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 see their shoulders drop they sigh they're like oh suddenly there's like a window of permission of like if none of this was true if I could let go of this what becomes available to me yeah and that's so powerful if you have that window of like what becomes available to me suddenly you have an insight that you've never had before because you haven't seen yourself or you haven't seen your life in this way and once you have an insight you can never unsee it that you action it straight away maybe not that you know what to do straight away maybe not but that you can never unsee it 100% and once you can't unsee something that like these are the micro steps that end up making a huge and radical difference in your life ultimately absolutely they completely rewire your brain 100% mm. when you recognize something is no longer truth you can't trick yourself into thinking it is anymore. It's like when, you know, your kid, when you, when they catch you putting money under their pillow from the tooth fairy, that's it. It doesn't matter how many (laughs) other times they don't catch you because that belief shifted and that's it. Right. Same thing with Santa or any block, block all your kids Mm. ears, guys. But these are the kind of things like, oh, my God, and now I'm going to have to put a trigger warning on this because. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, you won't. It's fine. No, no, no. Yeah. No, we don't, want, we don't want someone writing in being like, my son already didn't. Yeah. Um, that's so true. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> belief shifting. And that's really that's what, you know, a lot of what I do in my work with with neuroenergetics is kind of getting somebody like, OK, I get it. You believe this. What if you didn't believe this? What if this belief was mm. no longer a belief? Like if mm. we if you could not believe this anymore, would you want to? Absolutely. Well, that's all you need to shift your belief is just to acknowledge that you don't want that belief anymore. We didn't even have to do the work. I could totally screw up the work. We can do an NLP technique that I botch, but as long as you wanted the shift, the shift is happening. It's available. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think like a really clear way for people, because sometimes it's really hard to disengage from a belief. Like people see it as truth in their life, right? Like it's like, no, this is, this is true. This is reality. I get that that works for you and that works for a hundred percent of other people, but I'm, or 99% of other people, but I'm the exception. Like I am the person this isn't true for. And I think sometimes the way I see it is like, have you ever not liked someone or have you ever had any kind of like trigger by someone, right? You're really triggered by this person for whatever, for whatever reason. And it's so what your beliefs about this person are so true for you. And there is nothing that can happen or nothing that can be said by the mutual friend that is going to have you change your mind about it. A really great way to recognize that it's just your own bias about the person, and it could be valid, but it's still your own bias, is to look around. And unless 100% of people are feeling the way you're feeling about the person, then it's just you. It's not true. It's not fact. It's your experience, and that's perfect. That's valid. You might have the, all the reasons why, but it doesn't make it true. 
And it's the same for any belief we hold. Like, you know, there are some things that are completely undeniable. Gravity, you, you can't, you can argue with it all day and you're just wasting your time. And then there are all the other things that are made up in our own human psyche and it's not like gravity. It's just true for you. That doesn't make it true. And acknowledging that for yourself has also been really powerful for me and for people I've worked with is that like, oh, I know I'm feeling this and I can feel so right about it. But if no one else is sharing in this sentiment, then it cannot be, it's not fact. And sometimes we live our life as though it's universal fact and it's not. So that can be a really little handy tip for someone that doesn't know how to get out of their own head or out of their own way. Sometimes acknowledging like, I can see, I can see how this is mine and just mine can be really helpful. Yeah. And I was just thinking of another thing too, is like, if this is exactly how it's supposed to be, like, let's just assume that this is how it's supposed to be. What is the love story of that? Like if, if like, mm. like if someone says like, oh, you know, this is, I'm not making any sales and I don't have any clients and I'm feeling some type of way. And okay, great. If this is how it's supposed to be, why might that be serving you? And getting them to think about all, well, it gives me a chance to rest. It gives me an opportunity not to worry about blah, blah, blah. We're actually going on vacation next week and I don't really want to have new clients. And then it's like, well, here's all the limiting beliefs that are keeping this from happening. Yeah. So let's just go in and get them. You know, like you may turn around and go, huh, you know what? I don't really want this to happen. And here mm. I am beating myself up that it's not. I'm powerfully preventing this from happening. That's that's a positive thing. If you think like, I mean, yeah. that's, that's success. It's not success <laughs> necessarily doing what you thought it was going to do, but are you effectively creating an outcome? Yeah, you are. Mm. And I think sometimes people don't recognize that. Well, I actually posted about this the other day, right? It's like, stop telling yourself that what you tell yourself isn't true because the story of it's not true is working. As in you're all like the, the story of you telling yourself this isn't true or this isn't available to me is the I story you're that. telling yourself, which has you live into the fact it's not available to you. Yeah. So there's all of that. You know, I also I also have this thing that I've been really working with the last couple of months where I used to think it was a sales problem. Like for me, for clients, I genuinely thought like I have to level up with my sales game. And I had all these stories around sales when I was younger. And gosh, it was such a thing. And then as I've grown into my work and I've grown into what I do, and you might find the same thing, Amy Lee, it's, it's not, it's never a sales problem. It's never, ever, ever, ever a sales problem. You don't need to be skilled to, at selling to sell and to sell well. It's a problem around like, how good do you think what you're selling actually is? How much do you believe, do you believe in what it is that you're selling and what it is that you can deliver? Do you have language around what it is that you do in a way that isn't so abstract or so like woo-woo that people can't really land on? Well, what, what do I get from this? It's, it's a language thing. It's a worthy thing. It's a what I do is a freaking good thing. Like it's that, that kind of thing. It's never sales, never sales. I have bought things of people that weren't even selling things because I'm like, whatever, whatever just happened here, I want that. How do I do that? <laughs> and, and 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 they get weird about it they get weird about the money and I'm like well this is the budget this is what I have this is, and it's more than they could have ever imagined but it made me think like wait there was no selling in that they didn't even know that this was something they could sell and I'm so keen to purchase like to to get into this and so it started to really change my mind around people really lose I think a lot of time on getting the sales game right or the copyright yeah. and it's nothing it's got nothing to do with that ever 
ever. If people see you and they're like, there's something about this person that I want, they will lean into that and people will make it happen. And you don't ever, you don't even need, like, sometimes you can just sit back and be like, let me pay you. I want to pay you. How does that work? Like that's available. And so it just has you think. Oh yeah. It happens all the time. Like, I'm like, I don't even know who you are. You've never liked a post of mine. And then they don't, those are the people, they don't come into your DMs and say, tell me more about your offers. They're like, I want to work with you. What do I do? How do we do it? And you're just like, "Uh, uh, hello. And what time is it there? And let me tell you about myself. Because they're just like, no, I've been watching you. I've been watching you. I feel it. I'm into it. Let's make this happen. And you're like, yeah, I want what you have. Yeah. But you also bring up a good point that there are a lot of people out there trying to create jobs for themselves. And there's a lot, you know, I think um, Rami Sethi, he just did, um, he's doing that TV show on Netflix. um, I'll show you how to be a millionaire or whatever. And, you know, one of the things he says is there's so many different schools of thought around finance and the different ways that you can do things. And it's all just noise. Like you pick a way, you believe that that way is going to work. End of story done. Like as long as you have set the intention in that way, but everybody's always like, well, hold on, let me create this new method. Let me create this. And here's a special thing that you can only get behind this paywall. And it's like, at the end of the day, the only thing that can't be replicated is a person's energetic signature and everything oh. else can be curated and recopied and reposted and all of that. But it's the actual energy of a mentor, of a coach that you can't replicate. Even when you take somebody's Instagram, like my friend, you know, today she's like, Oh my God, this person replicated me. I'm like, but they didn't though. They didn't. They like, they'll never be yeah. able to be you. Hmm. And there's something really interesting to be said about that too. I used to be so concerned with sharing ideas and sharing my thing. It was actually, I just started online this year on the 31st. Yeah, you were saying that. It's a very significant date for me, right? You're killing me. And it's been wild. It's been a wild and beautiful ride. And I realize it. And this is where I've also learned about sales. You don't need to be selling for people to want. It's it's amazing. It's really changed my life. But where I'm going with this is that I was really scared of sharing ideas and sharing my thoughts and sharing my things because I thought people would copy. And I realized two things. One, exactly what you just said, Amy Lee. I could be saying the exact same thing as someone else and it's going to land differently for the person. Sometimes the other person is a better match for the for, for the person listening. Sometimes I'm going to be a better match for that person. And the the viewer, the listener, the consumer will know. You know, the same way for me, like I can hear two coaches or two mentors saying something and I'm like, there's something about this one I feel connected to. And they could be saying the same thing. So that's 100% true. And also with people that are feeling anxious about sharing their things online, what I'd say, because to get copied is what I'd say is two things. If people are copying you, that's a very good sign that what you're doing is having impact. And if people are copying you, that's also okay because people that copy, they're not, they can only copy you so far. Like there's, they, they, they're, the, the 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 copy energy is like okay they copy what you said word for word but they can't go deeper than that because it was never theirs to begin with it's yours. right they don't know where it came from and they don't know where it's or going. where it's they going know exactly where it is right here yeah exactly so I, it would be something I would get so caught up with and then I realized okay that person could be doing it but they could never like they're always going to be a step behind mm-hmm. and that there's also something that you can just release like okay let people copy people. It, it, it won't it won't stick the way it will stick with you if it's yours and I think that's I also really you're so right I completely agree wholeheartedly like that. yeah mm. absolutely so 
I feel like I could talk to you like all day. No, and we could talk know. forever and ever. I and know ever. we really could, but <laughs> would you do me a favor and tell everybody how can they follow you on social? How can they get into your world? Well, um, like I was saying before, I just started my Instagram. I've been doing my coaching on Instagram for a few months now, and I cannot wait to grow it. I'm going on a beautiful adventure now in a month, but it would be, yeah, the, my Instagram is the best place to follow me at the moment. I'm doing everything on there. I'll be releasing uh, masterclasses and courses and whatever I do on there at Dana Maria Jafar. Anything you want to know regarding offers or my coaching containers, always just DM me is the best way. It's super fun. We create magic. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So accessible, so energizing, so inspirational. She is all the things. Thank I told you guys, that. see, you should listen to me. When I tell you someone's amazing, you just take me at my word because I'm always right. <laughs> I've loved this conversation, Amy Lee. I feel, I feel energized and it's so, I've, I've loved it. I'm so glad. Really? I do too. The feeling is mutual. So thank you so much for being here. Loved having you. Thank you, thank you so much. It's been beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.